Yes, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to all my people, man. This is San Francisco 49ers morning show, man. We're going to get into it. It's game day. 49ers versus Rams. We're going to get my thoughts on the game and some other things I want to touch on. All that and more. So keep it locked right here. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I am your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And man, I see the flames going in. Everybody's feeling good. It's game day. Monday Night Football under the lights. It's time for the varsity team to get on the field. Now it's just a matter of what varsity team we'll see from the San Francisco 49ers. I'm excited about this game, y'all. I think it would let us truly know who we are. I think we know, but there's still optimism that maybe the 49ers can snap out of it. And while I'm not extremely confident that they will do that, I do believe if they are going to do it, this is the perfect game to get things going in the right direction, to get the juices flowing in the right direction, to get the faithful feeling back good, man. Like no sound. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. No, yeah, I think it's here. Varsity. This is the JV suit. All right. So, um, yeah, I say varsity game, but you know, cause it's the last game of the week, but the 49ers have been playing more like a JV team. And what, do the what can the 49ers do to really snap out of being the, the little brothers, the JV team? Now, I know people are going to say 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, he's had Sean McVay's number. That was McVay without Matthew Stafford. All right, so we're going to get into that. Uh, you know, some injury updates, but first, I wanted to touch on something, man. I put out this tweet and it's really kind of going crazy, and I, I didn't expect it to do that, but I'm going to touch on it a little bit because I've been getting a lot of these like different responses, uh, to it. and let me find the tweet. So I'm going to touch on this real quick. And I mean, I see 134 comments, 326 retweets, almost 3,000 likes. So I'm watching the Carolina Panthers game. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you watched it as well. Uh, you know, and Cam Newton, like he just signed. He just signed a few days ago. And I'm watching the game. And early on, I see Cam in on the goal line. Boom. You know, he scored two touchdowns early on, one rushing one passing. Awesome. Uh, also, around midfield, they found time to kind of, you know, get him in the game, right? Like, just he threw a couple passes. Uh, one led to a pass interference downfield. You know, there was a couple run plays or, you know, a scramble or whatever. But he had about, you know, six plays or, or so that I saw, about six or seven plays. And my thing was, and I'll read my tweet, Cam Newton has been with the Panthers for like three days, and they figured out how to incorporate him into the game plan. 49ers couldn't do this with Trey Lance, question mark. And a lot of the responses that I'm getting are, Trey Lance is a rookie. You can't compare him to, to Cam Newton. And I think people are looking at what I'm saying and spinning it and turning it into, like, different things. I heard that. My guy Mike Andrews from Nothing But Niners, he made it about, like, the, the red zone. My thing was just, why can't they figure out a way to in, involve Trey Lance? He has this skill set. He has a different skill set than Jimmy Garoppolo. And 
is really why can't they figure out how to do it on a game to game basis? Because we've actually seen the 49ers do it. So for all the people that were like, well, Trey Lance is a rookie. So a rookie can't, you can't package five plays together for a rookie. <laughs> like you can't, you can't figure out five, uh, like five plays to get them on the field, whether it's in the red zone, whether it's in the open field, just like five plays, six plays. There aren't six plays in the game where you have a quarterback that can give you a different dynamic and you can't figure out how to utilize that. And a lot of what I'm hearing is because he's a rookie and, and are, are you comparing Cam Newton to, or you compare Trey Lance to Cam Newton? Like, yes and no. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not in the sense of saying you have to be Cam Newton, even though Cam Newton, what he is today is, I mean, he's not, he's not what y'all think or what a lot of these people think, but it's like, you know, Trey Lance, he has a similar skill set, right? He has a similar skill set. And I would assume that, hey, let's try to figure out, my biggest thing was how, Kyle Shanahan, why can't you figure out how to plug him in? But the Panthers have figured it out in just a few days. And what I mean, plug him, plug him in. There have been times in games where Kyle Shanahan had absolutely no plan to utilize Trey Lance. I get it. We can say he's not ready. We can say he's not ready to, to for a full game. He's not the most accurate guy right now. Okay, all those things can be true, but you could still utilize him. You could still utilize him. You you can still figure out ways to incorporate him and use a different dynamic. If, if even the threat of, of him, right? So think of a play. There was a play in the Cardinals game where uh, Elijah Mitchell had like a 25-yard gain or whatever it was. The threat of Lance keeping it held defenders and allowed him, allowed Mitchell to kind of get around that edge and spring it off for a big run. So that's my thing. I'm not saying Trey Lance has to go out there and he's going to be Cam Newton. I'm not saying Trey Lance is going to go out there and he's going to, you know, just do all this magical stuff that Cam Newton did in 2015 as an MVP of the NFL and lead his team to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is they figure out a way to get Cam Newton on the field for a few snaps. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. I was really like caught off guard by how much pushback and how much people were like, can't do that. He's a rookie. He can't, he can't run five plays in a game. Like, you know what I'm saying? He can't, he can't run six plays because he's a rookie and Kevin's a veteran. Like, what are we talking about here? All right. So I'm actually going to create a video and I'm going to do side by side comparisons of both guys. Uh, uh, Trey Lance, he, he only played one year at North Dakota State. He can't run five plays. Get out of here. If, if, if Trey Lance can't run five plays in a game because he's in North Dakota State, he shouldn't be in the NFL, period. If you can't, if you don't have confidence that you can put him out there and run five plays through in, in the entirety of a game, you can't run five plays with a guy, that guy should not be in the NFL. And I don't think that's the case with him. It's just, it's just Kyle Shanahan figuring out when do I utilize it? How do I utilize it? What plays am I gonna am I gonna run? And that's it. And just figuring out a way to get your number three overall pick involved. Like, it doesn't have to be super complicated, which is even more interesting to see how Kyle Shanahan has made this whole thing just super complicated. I don't think it had to be this complicated. It was always going to be complicated when you started Jimmy Garoppolo and you have a number three overall pick. But just figure out ways to kind of just get him out there, utilize him. We've seen other guys do things like that. And it doesn't have to be a run. It could be a run. It could be a pass. It could be whatever. But, you know, three to five plays. 
That's it. I see somebody right here. Confidence trade up for him, but no confidence. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't, I don't think that's the case. It's not that it, I don't think it's a confidence that he can run three to five plays. That's people being weird on Twitter. It's that Kyle has to figure out he, he doesn't want to mess up his game flow. If he has a drive going with Jimmy Garoppolo, he doesn't want to pull Jimmy Garoppolo out the game to get Trey Lance in there for a play that may or may not get positive yardage. I'm assuming that's what he's going with. He doesn't want to mess up the game flow of his play calling with him. But when we watched them do it in the preseason with the Raiders, I didn't feel like it messed up game flow. Did y'all? We saw it on the first drive, right? Boom, instantly. Trey Lance in there. He does his thing. Boom, Trey Lance comes out. Jimmy goes back in. Like, and I thought they, it's like, you can't, you can't do that now? Like, I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. Panthers also blew out the Arizona Cardinals. Blew them out. Which is scarier because it's like, damn, are the 49ers really that bad? But we're going to talk about how the 49ers could possibly win today. And uh, so, yeah, I want to welcome everybody to the show. There's almost 100 of you in here. I appreciate everybody's in here. If you're not, if you're new to the show, we're here every morning, 6.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And, uh, you know, if you like it, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Very shortly, I won't go long today with me just talking. I will bring you guys on and get your your guys' thoughts and opinions on tonight's game. I'm excited about it. All right. Uh, if you haven't already, listen to Locked On 49ers with myself and Brian Peacock. All right. We really touch on all, you know, things, uh, you know, aspects of this game. We talk about it pretty in depth. I always have a great conversation with my co-host, Locked On 49ers. So Locked On 49ers, make sure you guys listen to that. And the link to Locked On 49ers should be in the description below. So make sure you guys uh, go listen. Also, the show is always brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Promo code Crocky. Go get you some money. I've been on a little bit of a cold streak. I'm not going to lie. My over-unders, uh, I, I had the, the over-on like Tom Brady's passing yards. He didn't get it. I had some rival stuff not hit. I, underdog fantasy hasn't been too kind to me over the last week or so. A couple weeks ago, I made a couple hundred. The last two weeks, mm, I'm probably down about 50. All right. So, yeah, go like, subscribe, all that good stuff if y'all like this show. But let's get into the game, man. That's what y'all came in here to talk about. Not about Trey Lance trying to, you know, do Cam Newton stuff. Not about underdog fantasy, even though promo code Crocky. Go download that app. But, uh, you know, Locked On 49ers, go listen to that. But the Rams, who are they? All right, so, one, they did have an injury. And uh, here we go. Uh, you about to hop on Madden after this? <laughs> I haven't played Madden in a while. Crazy. Uh, I'm in the Madden League typically every year. I've been in it since 2013, 2014. I've been in this Madden League. We advance once a day, every 24 hours. If games are played, then we advance even sooner than that. So you have to play at least one game a day. And I've been in it for years. And this is the first Madden where I had to step away because my mind is just on different things. I have a 12,000 square foot sports performance facility. We're building on my property right side of my home. Uh, you know, I have the YouTube show. I got locked on 49ers. I got locked on NFL draft, uh, you know, trying to build my own network and kind of what goes into that and and kind of manage that whole thing. So Madden this year had to take a back seat, man. I had to take a back seat. My focus is just on other things right now. I'm growing up, I guess. I don't know. I don't think you're ever too grown for Madden, though. I'll get back into it eventually, but just really focus on a lot of these other things. But uh, somebody said, I added you on Madden. I appreciate that. 6'2", 200 pounds, cornerback. Let's go. All right, so the Rams. He's a croc. Try to take over. What the heck? Hold on, y'all. 
All right, here we go. I'm back. Somebody call me. I have two phones. One is a business phone, so that's what I'm actually recording off of. This right here, it's actually a cell phone. And then I have another phone, but somebody just called my business line. It usually doesn't ring this early in the morning. All right, so here we go. Man, we're going to get into it. 49ers against the Rams. And let's talk about some things from the Rams' perspective, all right? Uh, they lost Robert Woods, and that was big, right? They just signed Odell Beckham. You're like, wow, like Odell, like Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's having an amazing year. Like Robert Woods, oh, my gosh, how are you going to defend all these guys? You also have like a Van Jefferson. And boom, Friday at practice, Robert Woods tears an ACL, which is crazy, which is crazy. Like it's just the, just the timing of things. Now, again, my I feel bad for Robert Woods. I feel bad for Robert Woods. I feel bad for any player that loses a season due to injury. But it is what it is. So now the 49ers don't have to worry about Robert Woods. And it's unfortunate for him. It's unfortunate for the Rams. But if you're a 49er fan or you're a 49er player, it's not unfortunate for you. That's one less guy over the next two times that you play them that you have to worry about. All right. Uh, hopefully he has a speedy recovery. You know, he is from California. Love it. Uh, here we go. Hold on. Croc, you need a high-end PC with Cam. You're too big time for it. Phone streaming now. Okay, I'm going to get back into this. But So this was my thing. I, I just kind of really got into the streaming thing. And I was looking up, like, just ways to, you know, okay, what do I record off of or whatever. And I noticed that I was recording off my laptop. I have my laptop right here. And it was just, like, it wasn't great quality. So I'm like, okay, what do I get? So I'm thinking, like, let me just get an external webcam. So I went to the external webcam. And, or I didn't go to it. I Googled which external webcam should I get? And it was crazy because a lot of responses I got or videos I watched was your phone is actually better than the external webcam. So I'm like, damn, all right. Like, you know, as far as like, you know, just the bright colors, like just seeing picture, clear, the clarity, the, the resolution, all that stuff. Now you can go higher in and obviously buy you a, a, one of those cameras and stuff like that, which I will get. Black Friday, Black Friday, I think I'm going to get one I, if, uh, as long as one goes on sale. But, yeah, I've been thugging it out, man, with my with, with my iPhone 12. I also have this iPhone. So, uh, yeah, but unfortunately, sometimes it can't rain, rain. It just typically doesn't this early. All right, but the PC, all that stuff, I'm telling you it's coming because now I'm, I've re I'm really turning this uh, streaming stuff into a business. So I, I, I have to invest. You're right. You're right. You're right. I don't look at myself as big time. I just look at myself as... Someone that 49 faithful love. All right, so here we go. Here we go. Come on now. 112 people watching. Help Croc get towards the top of the list of YouTube when searches are done for 49ers. Hit that like. Let's go. Let's go. I'm gonna leave that up there, Miss Debbie. I appreciate you. All right, so they lost Robert Woods. So what now? They also have Van Jefferson. And I think Van Jefferson, terrific uh receiver, young receiver out of Florida. He's more of a you know good route runner. He's been able to contribute. He's one of the reasons why they were able to let go of Reynolds. Uh, the receiver, and obviously with Cooper Cup having so much on his plate, he's doing so much. Then also you have, uh, you know, you've had Robert Woods. Now Odell has to kind of figure out how, you know, where does he fit in? And I think actually having Robert Woods helps a guy like Odell. All right, it helps a guy like Odell get more touches. All right, now they acquired not only Odell Beckham but Von Miller as well. How does Von Miller affect? The 49ers. Now you, you got the 49ers who 
They're trying to figure it out at right tackle. And I think right now we might miss Mike McGlinchey a little bit more than we expected. You know, grass ain't always greener on the other side. So you don't have Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. You do have a rookie, Jalen Moore, who in college played left tackle. Uh, people thought maybe he played left uh, play guard in the NFL, but in college, left tackle, senior bowl, left tackle, did some guard stuff. So, you know, he definitely could be like a swing tackle guard guy. When Trent Williams went down, it was Moore that came in and played left tackle. And he did well, right? He started the game at left tackle, was fine, right? Wasn't like an, a big issue or anything like that. Uh, also, in, in practice, every Wednesday, Trent Williams does not practice. All right, Trent Williams does not practice on Wednesdays. So Moore plays left tackle. All right, now, with right tackle, it's totally different, right? It's different footwork. Right, like everything is flipped. So, as Peacock uh, said last night on Locked On 49ers, the way someone explained it to him was it's like somebody that wipes their butt with their right hand. I mean, you know, with tissue in your right hand. Uh, wipe your butt with, with your right hand, use your right hand to wipe your butt, and then trying to use your left hand and how, how like awkward that is, right? Or I guess you could just say, you know, you write with your right hand and all of a sudden you write with your left hand. Like it's just different, right? Just different. Everything is like kind of backwards, it's flipped. So Jalen Moore has had to transition to right tackle with the injury of Mike McGlinchey, who's out for the year. And in the process, for Tom Compton there. I know a lot of people were upset about Tom Compton, Compton and they were like, that is not, like, this is not good. He's getting beat like a drum, which I still didn't go back and watch specifically him, but that's what they've been saying. So you do have Moore, who has been getting those reps. He's getting more comfortable. He, I guess he's strung together a couple of good practices at right tackle. So he will likely start. I think he'll start tonight. And in your first game, you get to go against future Hall of Famer Von Miller, right? And this is one of those, and I don't know if y'all this happened to y'all where your dad just throws you into the deep end of the pool and sees if you can swim. Well, I couldn't swim, so. Uh, but it worked for my brother. My brother ended up swimming. You're throwing you're throwing more into the deep end right now and seeing if he's going to swim when you have to. your first game is against Von Miller. And not just Von Miller, who typically rushes off the right side of an offensive line, but you got Aaron Donald on that line. I feel like with all the additions that that the Rams have made with Matthew Stafford, with Odell Beckham, Von Miller, you know, we talk about Jalen Ramsey a lot. Aaron Donald's a forgotten one, and he's probably the best player in the NFL. <laughs> he's most impactful. Now I get it. Brunskill has done well against Aaron Donald. That's probably what people are hanging their hats on. But eh, a little scary. I'm not gonna lie. Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey. To me, there's just so many playmakers. And I think that's the part, you know, and we'll get into the 49ers where I feel like the 49ers are, are missing right now. Really kind of what's going on. Like, where's the playmakers on the defensive side of the ball? Well, the Rams have plenty of them. And they can wreck the game at any time. And that's scary. At any point, like, Von Miller could just beat somebody around the edge and strip sack a quarterback. At any, at any point, Jalen Ramsey can either get an interception or knock a ball away and force an interception. At any time, Aaron Donald can force a fumble sack strip, all these things. So they have these guys that at any point in the game can affect the game, man. And that's scary because the 49ers, who do they have that that's the guy, that is that guy? I think that's what the 49ers are struggling with right now defensively. Who's going to take away the ball? All right, here we go. Uh, can you talk about wide receiver versus their DBs and vice versa, Debo versus Jalen Ramsey? Definitely. So um, definitely was going to get to that, just kind of key matchups and what I'm looking for. And when you look at 49ers wide receivers against the Rams defensive backs, the way that they've been using Jalen Ramsey this year is different than years past. Uh, I actually just put out a video on my Twitter account. Let's see if I could 
I think even if I share it, I don't know if it'd be a big enough uh, photo. But uh, so let me go back. Yeah, even if I share, I don't know if it'd be uh, big enough on the screen for you guys to see the play. But in 2019, Jalen Ramsey lined up on the right side against George Kittle. At the snap, I'm mean, not the snap, excuse me. They motioned, the 49ers motioned George Kittle over to the left side. Jalen Ramsey followed him. So that would lead you to believe that this is some sort of man coverage or even maybe a match. Well, as soon as this ball was snapped, Jalen Ramsey kind of sunk off into like this nickel roll and played the eyes. 49ers had a deep out route from uh, Emmanuel Sanders, I believe it was. Jalen Ramsey robbed it. Jimmy never saw him. All right. And it was just a great play. It was like, it was good. It was good stuff from the Rams. Well, now Jalen Ramsey plays more in that nickel spot and he can affect the game in a bunch of different ways from that spot. They don't just have him a guy that follows guys around now or shadows guys. He's going to blitz off the edge. He's going to cover, cover from the nickel position. You know, he's, he's playing that star role, but it's, I mean, essentially it's a nickel. He's like Kawan Williams, but if Kawan Williams never came off the field, all right. And at times they will do some things to put him on the outside uh, to have him man up. But it's it's tough to say, will Debo just flat out line up over against Ramsey? You know, I don't I don't think so. There will be times when we see that matchup, but I don't think it'd be consistent. Now with Debo Samuel, he's more of a he's more of a just get the ball in his hands type guy. He's not just the purest of route runners. He's not just the biggest separator or anything like that. But it's just get the ball in his hand, right? Whether you just throw it deep, where you know it's a deep crosser, uh, you know, a quick slant, things like that. Like, you know, he's not really a technician when it comes to route running, and that's not his skill set, but he wins the way that he wins. I think the way that Debo plays plays into the hands of Ramsey. Now, saying that last year with you know Ramsey on the Rams. Debo Samuel had 200 yards in two games and like 17 catches. So there's still an area where Debo can get off and be very productive, even with Ramsey out there, because they're not going to do things where they just put Ramsey solely on Debo Samuel. Now, let's say they do. Let's say they do put Debo Samuel or Ramsey on Debo, and it's just like, all right, I'm going to shadow you. I'm just going to take you out the game. All right, but who's going to guard George Kittle? Who's going to guard Brandon Ayuk? You're going to need those guys to come along. I, I strongly believe that this is a George Kittle game. This is a Kittle game. I think this is the game where Kittle really, I mean, last game he had over, what, 100 yards. This week, I think Kittle can do it do it again. He's kind of a forgotten guy. You know, when you think of the tight ends and, and Kelsey and and uh, uh, the big guy from uh, the Raiders. Uh, why do you want to say Warner? Y'all know what I'm talking about, number 83. I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. Waller, excuse me. Um, But... You know, Kittle's a forgotten guy, man, and he's he's good. He's a really good football player. Clearly has to stay healthy. But uh, I I think this is a Kittle game. I think this is a Kittle game. Now, again, I don't think it's going to – the keys to victory that we did on Locked On 49ers was that the 49ers can't – you can't hurt yourself. You can't hurt yourself. And that's that's been the issue. The 49ers continue to hurt themselves. They continue to shoot themselves in the foot. They continue to find different ways to lose games. You can't find a different way to lose games this week, to lose this game. You just can't do it. But that's who they've been. So I was just talking about some, talking to somebody. I tweeted it out. Somebody said, uh, let me see, where was it at? 
I just tweeted it out, responding to something. All right, and it, and it basically was about you know being like disappointed, and with me kind of I don't say lowering my standards, but just knowing that you know people are who they are, and that right now I guess with the 49ers, they might just be who they are. So one of my guys, he basically had tweeted out that you know he. He says, you know, the biggest problem is he gives everybody the benefit of the doubt. And I, I have a problem with that, too, giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. But also, within giving people the benefit of the doubt, I understand the human element of things, right? So I said, you know, it's really hard to disappoint me because I don't have expectations for other people. You know, I see how people move. I realize what they are or what they aren't. And I believe that. And, I, you know, I love people for who they are, good and bad. And if something goes wrong, I look at myself, you know, what I could have done better in that situation. I think right now the 49ers are telling us who they are. And the 49ers have been telling us that they're not a good football team. And I'm because of you know what I am who I am by nature, I want to see the good in the 49ers. I want to I want to give the 49ers the benefit of the doubt. I want to give the 49ers the benefit of the doubt uh to say that you know hey they they can the 49ers can win this game. Somehow, some way, they 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 can win it if they if they don't do this and they don't do that. Like you know, if they do this a little bit better, if they you know protect the ball. But at the end of the day, maybe the 49ers just are what they've shown me to be, and as a team that will find different ways every week, especially when they're playing against a good opponent, to beat themselves. And it's tough, man. It's a tough pill to swallow because coming to this season, I'm pretty sure we could all agree on the fact that we thought the 49ers were going to be a good football team, and. I feel like it's it's in there, but they got to figure out a way to get it out. And you got to string it together. And they've done well against some other teams, but uh, those teams at the point of the beat aren't really good football teams. Uh, we suck at home because home kicked us out of the curb last year. Uh, they don't have that fire at home. Maybe this is a big game. You know, I think the four uh, when you say who doesn't have the fire at home, are you talking about the fans or are you talking about the, the Niners? Because... I watched George Kittle. Uh, was it last game? Did the 49ers play at home last game? They did, right? They lost to Arizona. The crowd looked like it was rocking. It looked electric. I saw the, the video of George Kittle running to the end zone, and he's turned up. You know, this is before the game, not when they started getting their ass kicked. But And it was like, it looked like the fans had that fire. The players had that fire. And then they just went out there, and the Cardinals put out that fire. And that was tough. You know what I'm saying? But... I don't know. I think there is a fire at home. I think the 49ers are losing at home just because they're not a good football team. I think they lost at home last year because they were just not a good football team. And even when they went to Arizona to play some games, you know, it was like, well, if they won, it was probably a bad football team. I don't know. But I think that's more of what the issue is than playing at home. Everybody keeps putting at home, but it's like, if the 49ers are good, they'll win at home. 49ers are bad, they probably lose games. How many home games did the 49ers lose? In 2019, they lost to they lost to the Falcons because I was there. I was at that game as a credential member of the media. You know, little little uh, subtle flex. Uh, they lost that game, and then they also lost to the Ravens. That was on the road, and they lost. It was another game by like just a few points. Can't think of what it was, but anyways, they're winning home games that year. Seattle at home. So they lost two home games that year out of eight. So, you know, they want six. So, you know, playing fine, right? I think it really comes down to are you good or are you not? And when you're not good, it's gonna you're going to struggle to win games. 
I think Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, he he can only do so much. And he is what he is. He's going to need the 49ers to not hurt themselves. And if the 49ers don't hurt themselves, Jimmy Garoppolo can help this 49ers team beat the L.A. Rams. Now, here's the thing. Here's the tough thing. The 49ers are going to have to figure out how do you go – you don't want you don't want the 49ers getting in a position where Jimmy has to go toe for toe with Matthew Stafford, right? You're gonna need the defense to be able to take the ball away. And they have struggled to do that. And 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 that's goes back to they're kind of showing us who they are. They're showing us who they are, man. But they gotta take the ball away. And you're gonna have to force Matthew Stafford into some bad decisions. Tennessee was able to do it. 49ers are gonna have to do that. You're gonna have to force Matthew Stafford into some bad decisions. Take the ball away and don't turn the ball over. If 49ers can do that, they can potentially win this game. And what I want you guys to do is you guys can come on now. I'm bringing y'all on. We're going to talk about it for the next hour, all right, or for however long we stay on here. Come into the chat. Make sure, you know, if you're new to this chat or, or the show, if you like it, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. Look forward to hearing everybody and their tank and their takes. Excuse me, tank. <laughs> Good morning to everybody that's in here already. I hope everybody's doing good. I saw the flames coming in. And if you're new to the show, uh, when everybody's coming in, we do a wellness check. All right. So five flames mean you're feeling great. Anything more than that, you're feeling amazing, right? Anything less than that, you know, there's there's things that we can improve on to this, you know, in this day. And we want to come on and talk about it. Score prediction. Oh, don't do that to me. Uh, all right. The Homer in me wants to say. 49ers, 27-23. The realistic person in me says Rams win 31-17. So hopefully I'm, you know, hopefully it's the homer in me that uh, ends up winning this game. But I got my guy Darius on first, man. Darius, what's good, bro? How you doing? Oh, man, top of the morning. How you feeling, man? I'm feeling good, man. I woke up. I took a nice hot shower. It's kind of cold, man. Cold out here in Arkansas. <laughs> you, know, but, you know, took the kids to school. I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. How you doing? That's right, man. I'm blessed, man. Can't complain too much. Uh, I just got some. I want to say some positive words for the Niners. Right. I want everybody to know that uh, as far as Trey goes and the situation. Well, let me say this first. Let me say this. All right, so. I don't have in my mind that we go to the playoffs. And if this is true, because, as you know, everybody seen last week, Kyle, he got checked. I feel like he did because he started changing his tune with, with Matt Miyoko. Is that his name, Miyoko? Yeah, man. Um, you know, he got, in front of, yeah, he got in front of Miyoko and changed his whole tune up. And all of a sudden, he's all happy. And, oh, I love Brendan. And I love where the rookies is going. Yada, yada, yada. So, okay. We get to – you know, the middle, end of the season, they put the rookies in. I'm, I'm assuming they put the rookies in, right? How would a first-year player feel about that as far as, like, okay, are they planning to make their exit now? Or are they feeling like, well, you know what, let me preserve myself, not go on this field and play as hard because I'm not planning on coming back. I was sold a dream because they, they all came here thinking they was going somewhere, and it's looking like they're not. So what do you feel like? Do you feel like their morale is kind of going to tank in a sense or will they still be up and at it? Because now Trey's coming into play. So it's like, are they going to play for this brother? or? Yeah. So 
the guys and everybody understands, right? That the, the NFL is, you know, everybody says it. The, the NFL stands for not for long, right? So regardless <laughs> of what's going on with the 49ers, like, you know, and you're a player on this team and maybe you were expecting to have a good season, there's the business element of it too. So you're, you know, especially Thanks. if you're on a one-year contract, you're you're playing for your next contract because whether it's with the 49ers or another team, that's how you provide for your family. Like that's how you make your living. So you can't let the situation get you down in a sense of not going out there, not putting forward your, your best foot, not playing uh, because maybe you see some other rookies out there. You're trying to play to the best of your ability because you want to sign next year with the 49ers or with the, you know, the Falcons or potentially the Rams, right. right? Say say it's a game late in the year and the 49ers are playing the Rams, but 49ers are out of the playoff hunt. Well, maybe the Rams are going to be looking for the position that I play. If I go out there and I show out and I ball out, when it comes free agent time, they're going to be like, oh, I, you know, we played against this guy. How does he fit in with what we do and potentially bring him on? So, uh, you know, I think everybody looks at, you know, the 49ers and things like that. And people get upset by certain decisions. These guys understand that the business element of it, and this is how they provide for their livelihood. And the NFL could be going like that. It was for me. Um, it was for a lot of guys that I know. Uh, you know, you don't know how long you have in that game. So you always got to put forth your best effort. And if you don't, then you'll just be out the NFL soon. Hell yeah. All right. And so, so what I say now is, um, you know, next year we got the core players, you know, Brandon and Debo, uh, you know, Kittle and now Nick. So it's like we got Trent. So um, with that being said, I, the way I look at Trey as far as what's been – given to us through social media, through YouTube and, you know, looking at the clips and all that, what I know, what I know from what I see, he gets better through all adversity. So even through this bullshit that he's going through now, I feel like it's just fueling the fire inside him. You know what I'm saying? And like, just, just from watching him play, like he gets better during the game. So it's like, I really don't doubt that when he gets in, whenever he gets in, it's 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 sky's the limit from there. You know what I'm saying? I I really feel yeah. That I don't I don't think that we. I really don't feel like we wasted quote the future picks on him. I just feel like the whole Jimmy situation was mismanaged. Y'all could have took that cap space, and y'all could have did something like what New England did and. You know, got rid of Jimmy and and got three guys out of free agency or whatever the case may be, and um, yeah, I know not as might want to hear this, but I still feel like we should just trade Kittle and and Jimmy G as like a package deal or something, and we could probably get a player and a pick. You know, I'm so I don't know. It's, I'm just thinking outside well, the box because it's like the truth of the matter is one of them gonna have to go either Jim. I mean, I'm either a uh, Kittle or Bosa. Somebody's gonna have to get us a a first round pick. I don't want both of the league. Well, I don't I don't think and I don't think that, you know, just to kind of touch on some of the things you talked about, you know, trading Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo. You can't package both those guys because oh, okay. that'd be too much of a cap hit to a team. So that that's out the question. Uh now you could potentially trade them to okay. you know, one guy here or one guy there. I don't think they'll move off with George Kittle though. Um in that regard. <laughs> now Right. You know, he's just he's too good of a football player. And it's like, you know, you do want to figure out hey, George, and you, you got to stay healthy. Right. Uh, but and I also don't think that you want to trade George Kittle just 
for a draft pick, right? It's like, well, we want to recoup. Yeah, you know, obviously he's a big staple in our offense and everything that we do from the run game to the passing game. Uh, sometimes pass protection, right? He does so much. He's a big play guy, and we want to, and we're just going to trade him to get a first round pick. You don't want to do that because you don't know what you're getting from the first round pick, right? And now we saw the same situation with Buckner. Now right. the difference was Buckner that you know the salary cap, and they're trying to work that. And okay, we want to be able to free up, you know, sign this guy, this guy, this guy. Maybe that's the case, but just for a draft pick, like I don't think the 49ers just like, oh, we're good with Buckner. And then somebody was like, hey, we'll give you a first for Buckner right now. The 49ers was like, hell yeah, let's do it. I think they'd be like, man, hell no. Nah. Right? <laughs> just like right now, if somebody was to offer the 49ers a first or even two firsts for Nick Bosa, the 49ers would say, hell no. All right. So, um, yeah. you know, from that aspect, you know, it's, I think we just, George Kittle just stay healthy, right? I think that's the biggest thing. Right. Know, continue to uh, be productive, continue to get him involved in games, be healthy. And, you know, yeah, moving forward, continue to kind of build around him. And I think you you hit the nail on the head when you said the 49ers have a good core group of guys. They do. When you look at Debo, IU, George Kittle, like that should be the group for the next three years. 49ers just have to figure exactly. out a way to, you know, become more consistent and maybe add one guy to it, whether it's a speed guy or a big, you know, 6'4 guy. 49ers could definitely utilize that aspect of someone's game, but they don't have it right now. But Darius, I appreciate you coming on. I'm gonna get the next call. Hey, 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 Niner fans, Niner fans, please continue to voice out your opinion too, man, because they 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 listen, they pay attention, they pay people to do that, they pay people to get on here and, and figure out what's going on and how we feel. And 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 if we need to boycott, because I know everybody's tired of this, everybody's <laughs> tired of this mismanagement, man. But but thank you though, bro. Thank you. Have a good day, man. All good, Darius. All right, you have a good one. Right. My guy, Darius. Uh, we will see rookies in this game because of the injuries out. Hasty, McGlinchey, Norman, Fitzpatrick, uh, Trey Sermon. I think he's playing. Oh, you're saying now the rookies. So uh, Sermon, Lenore, Hufunga, Moore, Banks, uh, Banks, or Thomas. Yeah, so it sounds like Thomas and Lenore are suiting up for sure. I, I don't know if Norman is out. I think I saw something. He was limited. Uh, he has won the no-contact jersey, I believe. I didn't get a report from Saturday, uh, which was typically like a walkthrough day or whatever. Don't know about that. But um, I'm interested to see if Norman and Fitzpatrick both don't go. Fitzpatrick's not going. He's been rolled out already. I am excited to see some of these young guys play, but you know, it's I think there's an area where you can sprinkle them in. Right. Uh, if you guys remember back in 2017, 49ers did this with the Keller Witherspoon. Spoon didn't play. He wasn't active for a while. You know, we talk about the Ambry Thomas thing. Witherspoon wasn't active, I feel like, for several weeks. And it wasn't until the Colts game he was active and then he ended up getting a concussion. At that time, 49ers had Dante Johnson and uh, Mantis, uh, Rashard Robinson starting that cornerback. And they started working in their third round pick. Uh, Akela Witherspoon got the concussion, came back, ended up getting an interception uh, at the midway point in the season against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I believe Spoon started the rest of the way, you know, and he played well. So, Amory Thomas, if they're not seeing it right now, sometimes you don't know until you just get them out there and just see, like, all right, can you start making plays? We'll see. But I am excited to see some of these other rookies. I think Lenore, he'll play. Hufunga, definitely, because it sounds like uh, Tavon Wilson is hurt. And obviously, Jaquiski's tart is still out. So, Hufunga's going to be out there. Hopefully, you got uh, Jimmy Ward back. But here we go. Bringing on the next caller. Bringing on the next caller. My guy, Ryan, uh, a.k.a. Ricky Williams. What's good, man? How you doing? <laughs> What's up, man? Good morning. Good morning, man. You guys geeked up for hey, this Hey, Ryan, night. where you from? 
I'm from Mississippi. Okay, okay, okay. Not far from me. Okay. Yeah, what part? Because I, I live down. in, I live in, I live in south southeast Arkansas. So I'm I'm like literally like thirty minutes, forty minutes from uh, the border from Mississippi. All right, uh, we are Natchez, so I'm on the border of um, Louisiana, over there about thirty, about forty minutes outside of LSU. All right, let's see, border of Louisiana, kind of by LSU. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I know there's that whole bottom area, but anyways, what's on, on your the, mind, man? What's on your mind? It's on the river, man. Man, hey, I wanted to get like, what was your opinion? I know this is not a talk, but I just want to know what was your opinion when I think you might have said something. About when Cam play last night, and I said, "Man, I can't wait to we have that type of player that galvanized man the fan base and even the whole squad, man. Like, I think Trey got the type of experience. I would listen to a lot of interviews when uh, John and Kyle was talking about if Trey Lance didn't play quarterback, he would be the CEO of some type of company. He has that type of leadership, that type of of mentality." to really lead and delegate, you know what I'm saying, whoever is around him. You know what I mean? And I think he has a type of presence once he's able to fully know that, hey, I don't have to worry about stepping on nobody's toes. I can come out here and lead me like I know I can. Right. Yeah, nah, uh, you know, I think a lot of that comes with confidence, right? And Cam Newton has never been short of confidence. He's been that polarizing figure uh, going back to Auburn, right? I mean, and people don't remember, you know, Cam Newton, he started off at, at uh, Florida and got kicked out of Florida or whatever happened, right? Was still in the, the laptops or whatever that situation was. Scam Cam. To, scam Cam. Ended up going to Blinn College, won a national title at the junior college level, then went to Auburn for one year. And I think even when you look at Cam Newton in that one year at Auburn and just his demeanor and how he carried, not just himself, but how he carried that team, uh, a lot of it was just a persona. And that carried over to the NFL and, you know, a lot of people talk, to, talk about Trey Lance, right, and his lack of throwing and lack of all that. Well, Cam Newton had one year of starting experience at the collegiate level, obviously in the SEC, uh, threw about the same amount of passes as Trey Lance. Didn't throw the ball a whole lot. You know, they utilized his legs. They utilized all that stuff. But he was a guy that had big-time traits, and he went number one overall. Uh, and next thing you know, he gets in the NFL. His first two games – he throws for 800 yards, you know? And it was like, where did this come yeah. from? This wasn't the guy that was throwing the ball around a lot in college. So, But I think with Cam Newton, his mentality and stuff like that, it, he always carried himself as, I'm the best player on the field, and I can't – I do have that charisma. I do have that uh, persona about myself that other people can, you know, gravitate to. And that was one of the reasons why he felt like the Patriots couldn't have him as a backup quarterback to uh, – to, to uh Jones. To Matt Jones. You know, they yeah. yeah, to Mac Jones. They were like, no, nah, we we can't we can't have that type of polarizing figure and persona behind Mac Jones because people gravitate to that and that can be intimidating for a young guy coming in like Mac Jones trying to find his way into the NFL. So I agree. We'll see if Trey Lance has that. But not a lot of people have that type of charisma about themselves like Cam Newton does. I like it. Uh and clearly but, you do too. But see, I think it's time though. I think it's time for us to have that type of next, you know what I'm saying, generational type of talent, you know what I mean, like, right. we've been deployed, you know, we need that next 10-year franchise player to continue to be like a force multiplier for Debo, for George, right. for Brandon Ayuk, make things easy for him, you know what I'm saying, and then it also 
helps the defense as well. You know what I mean? So the defense kind of can get those turnovers. They feel a little more oomph, you know what I mean, to go out there. Because our turnover ratio is terrible, you know what I mean? And, um, right. like, to have those type of players to say, okay, I don't feel bad if I make this attempt to do something. I know that the offense got me. Or I know that, you know, we our morale won't go down to the dumpster, you know what I mean? We got to be able to keep that thing going, even doing mistakes, not losing that those confidence or not losing your confidence if you do make a mistake you know what i mean and um right. that's why i think our team don't really get any turnovers I man i think they're too afraid like they're like a pit bull on a real short leash you know what i mean and they're like because they know once you mess up one time they're afraid they're gonna be in the doghouse for the next two three weeks you know what i mean yeah and you know kyle the confidence has to come from someone right like typically you know with anything that you do in life the more you do it the better you get at it the more confidence you're going to have you also need that person that has the most the high like amount of confidence in themselves even when things aren't going well and they're able to you know rub that confidence off on the other people even when the situations aren't so great so with the 49ers that is one area where and, and again i don't want to get on jimmy garoppolo i think jimmy garoppolo's he's a solid quarterback and i and i believe the 49ers can win tonight with him but when the 49ers are reeling like they are right now at three and five, it would be nice to see Jimmy Garoppolo instill confidence in the rest of his team, right? Like be that leader. Now it is tough for, for Jimmy because he's in a situation where everyone knows he's one foot in, one foot out the door, right? Where it's like, dude, you're yeah. not even going to be here next year. So I don't know if maybe Jimmy feels like, you know, I don't want to say he's overstepping his boundaries, but that, I, I, I'm assuming that's a tough situation for Jimmy to be in to try to, come in and be that like come on guys let's go let's do this and people are looking at it like man you ain't even gonna be here next year like get the hell out of my face like i don't i'm not saying that's what's but, going on but yeah the 49ers need that but they I need that think... person that that's like that that that's going to motivate people that's going to pick people up even at a time when the 49ers aren't down i see somebody right now say uh kwan uh this team this team doesn't have that kwan hype man and, and that's the what i'm boys. getting to like that remember that yeah the that hot person boys. that remember that we had we were lit we had the flames yeah. going on. You know what I'm saying? Quan had the whole linebacker group get in the circle. They'll get their swag on. You know, he's from New Orleans. I'm from Mississippi. You already know how we go down there. You know what I'm saying? We were like, oh, let's go. You know what I'm saying? We about to get this thing popping. Yeah. And I think the defense fed off that. We were like, okay, we you know how you from hey, Pastor Troy, we ready. You know what I'm saying? Lejeune, the East yeah. Side Bowl, like, hey, we we about to get this thing cracking. We about to hit somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've been the, the thumper. And I think. Yeah, teams feed off that man. It's football. It's a physical, it's a violent sport. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes that comes from guys that you don't expect. You know, like a Quan Alexander or like Kenneth Garcia says here, Kendrick Bourne. You know, and Kendrick Bourne. A lot of people didn't like Dancing. that. Like Kendrick Bourne, it didn't matter what was going on. Kendrick Bourne, like man, I'm turned up. I'm ready to go. And you see Kendrick Bourne right now, and it's not like his numbers are crazy with New England. Yeah. But right now, Kendrick Bourne, Kendrick Bourne had like 150 yards yesterday. Between rushing and receiving, he had like 150 yards and a touchdown. So just his infectious attitude, mindset, like that stuff, man, people are drawn to that. And sometimes if you're if you lose that, then you got guys that just kind of get a little too down and not don't have that person to pick them up. But Brian, I appreciate you calling uh calling in. Man. I'm gonna get the next caller on. Let's go, Niners. Peace out. All right, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right, here we go. Next caller. What's good? What's good? What up, Croc? How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing, man? I know everybody looks forward to, uh, you know, hearing what you have to say about what's going on with the 49ers right now. <laughs> well, e either way, um, I'm having a good morning. I hope everybody else that's listening is having a good morning. 
And the reason why I'll have a good night, regardless of uh, win or lose, is just because uh, what, what I think is going to happen, uh, it, that, that's what I think will play out. So I, I think we will lose this game. But I, and I'm not asking for Jimmy to get hurt or anything like that. That's not what I'm asking for tonight. Because I know <laughs> me and you are a little different on the Jimmy side, you know. And that's fine. But I think that me and you could both agree that the last game, Jimmy wasn't the problem. You know, he, he really wasn't. I mean, I'm not right. saying that he doesn't deserve to be on the list of problems, but but I think me and you could agree that, no, we're not biased towards the situation. We could see that Jimmy's not number one on the list. Like, that's just ridiculous. The defense was right. terrible. Turnovers were, you know, horrendous. There's no run game added. Uh, play calling was sometimes inconsistent. There's a lot of things we could point to. But uh, but in this game in particular, I I really do hope that we lose very bad tonight. And uh, I, I just do for the sake of the long-term success of this team. I need Kyle to be embarrassed tonight. I really do. And as far as like us beating the Rams, I don't think that that's realistic just because of the past two years. I think that that's just, you know, us living on dreams at this point, that, that we're just going to miraculously beat them just because we, we beat them in the past when they had Jared Goff or something like that, you know? Um, you know, and I don't mind if people get mad at me. I, I really don't care. Uh, the, the thing is, at the end of the day, um, I need Jimmy to do bad so I can at least see Trey play these upcoming uh, teams to start the development once and for all because we've been waiting forever. Um, and you know, and I, I think that the, the last two things that I talked about last time with you, I think will be present in this game. I think they will test Ufanga this game. And and I and I honestly do hope that Ufanga learned he could prove me wrong too. That'd be that'd be pretty cool that to see some guy that I've been crapping on that he could just bounce back and show me that you know what? No, I, I learned from my mistakes, dude. Like, you know, I'll be glad if I get proven wrong on the whole Ufanga take that I have of him uh, lacking athleticism because you did correct me there uh, last mm-hmm. time I called. You know, and and uh, Roscoe was like on my ass about uh, <laughs> no, nah, he has talent. It's like you know he does have talent. He does have talent. So, you know, I, I really am going to be interested to see how Henderson does in this game, you know, how Fred does in this game against him and the whole line. So th- there's a lot of things to look forward to, but I really do hope that we lose very bad. So Kyle can can get it's almost as if like a kid deserves to get his his, you know, butt whipped after being loud in church and all that. You know, that's how I think yeah. about it. Like, Kyle, you've been too comfortable, bro. And you're going to be the fault, and I hope Jimmy does bad in this game so I could get Lance on the field. I'm not going to say hurt because that's a different thing, but I really do hope that people, whenever we lose tonight, don't get too frustrated. Understand that this is the progression of what needs to happen, and and the Rams are, are still a Super Bowl favorite to me. I, I think they are, you know, regardless that they just lost uh, Woods. And the coincidence thing is that Woods got hurt in the first place. I was just like, wow, dude, like how the hell did that just happen? But, right. Um, how do you feel I, about our listen, chances in this game? I, I hear exactly what you're saying, and I want to kind of expand on that so people in the mm-hmm. chat kind of understand because I'm seeing the comments and people are like, some fan. And head, <laughs> last year, right, it was clear where the 49ers were. Like, they just weren't a good team. You know, at one point, you know, they had, I don't know, what was it, four wins, whatever it was. They, they didn't have very many wins, and we were more than halfway through the season. Jimmy was always hurt. And I was like, this season is lost. 49ers need to draft a quarterback. They need to lose games. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you want to be in position to where you can get one of the top guys. That, that was kind of my thought process. And 
I was willing to, and again, what I say and me thinking like the logic and what I hope for while watching the game are two different things. I'm one of the most competitive people that you'll meet. And I feel like in any situation, like I can win. I don't care how bad it gets. I feel like I can win. So when I'm watching the 49ers, I'm watching through those lenses of we can win this game. Come on. Like, you know what I'm saying? But also I understood kind of need the 49ers to lose because we want the higher draft pick. And right now the season is a loss anyways. So I think that's what you're saying, right? Where you're, you're like, look, it, this is what it is. Like they've been dragging this thing out long enough. They've been dragging the thing out with, with Jimmy Garoppolo long enough. Uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan alluded to the fact that if it wasn't for the knee sprain, Trey Lance would have started against the Colts. But when you have Jimmy come in and he played well against the Bears, he played well against the Cardinals, right? We, and we came on, we talked about it, like not the reason why the 49ers lost those two games uh, or lost the, the last game. You can't just be like, well, we're just going to bench you regardless for Trey Lance. So what you're saying is, we need to rip mm -hmm. the Band-Aid off, right? And your version of ripping the Band-Aid off is that the 49ers need to lose and they need to lose bad so that Kyle gets humbled and they just be like, all right, we're starting this process with Trey Lance now. And it would be a good time to start this process with Trey Lance because I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I know you have some teams, not saying that they're not uh, good because the 49ers aren't really a good team right now, you know, but mm. you have a more favorable kind of lineup right now. Or, yeah, uh, schedule com yeah. coming up. All right, so let's take a look a little bit at some of these games that the uh -huh. 49ers have coming up. Mm -hmm. You have uh, just play Arizona, so you got Jacksonville next. Obviously, I mean Rams tonight, but you got Jacksonville. 49ers yep. can win that. You got Minnesota. 49ers can win that. You got Seattle. I mean, they just got shut out yesterday. You got Cincinnati. You got Atlanta. You got Tennessee, you got Houston. Like, this is a favorable schedule. So, not not saying that uh, I want to see the 49ers lose tonight. I want to see them win. But I, I, I'm saying, I just to explain to everybody, I get what you're what you're saying. You want to yeah, rip the band-aid off and, and get rid of this, this quarterback situation week to week, trying to see. It's like start playing towards the future. Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think you pretty much hit it. It's just, here's the thing. The fact, I don't know what the comment section looks like right now, but if people are, are getting mad at me and, and stuff, I, that's fine. You know, you guys can do that. But the, here's the thing. You guys need to be humbled too. It's not just the, it's not just Kyle. It's not just John. I think the fans also need to get humbled and start respecting their enemies a little bit better because it, it, it's, it's ridiculous to think that we're just going to beat this team because of the last two years. That just sounds ridiculous. Like, they don't even have the same quarterback right now. And I get it that Woods is out, but they just got OBJ. And I'm not saying that that is – I'm not saying that it equates the same talent right now. I don't know how OBJ is going to play. But at the end of the day, I think the fans also need to get humbled to, to understand that, no, you guys need to be realistic too. You know, I, I, I mean, let's just say if I didn't want us to win – I mean, didn't want us to lose, right, and I wanted us to win, I still would think the chances are slim. I just, I just right. think that way, you know, and, and the thing is, is that um, the Lance development is more important than anything this year because you ain't going to win a Super Bowl, guys. And in order for Lance to get on the damn field, this team needs to get embarrassed tonight while America's watching. OK, there's people that are going to come home from work, pissed off, might might got into a fight with their wives. They're going to sit down on the damn couch and they're going to watch the Niners get their ass beat. And when that happens. It's not just our community of fans 
that 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 are going to be saying that Kyle's a bad head coach. No, it's going to be the all the NFL right now because they're digging themselves into a deep deeper hole that they can't get out of, and they're going to have to have a flight or fight response to this whole thing. And that's what's the most important thing about it. Like everybody can get mad at me for the for saying no, I want us to lose, but this is so beneficial if we. Not necessarily just lose. I don't want to just say it that way. We need to lose, but it needs to be Jimmy as the poster boy why we lost tonight in order for the most important thing to get done. And that's Lance's development. You know, and not also if Lance plays, you're gonna see more of Trey Sermon. Don't you guys want both those guys on the damn field once and for all? I get it that John just came out and said that we, yeah, we're gonna start using the rookies more after the fact that you know people are telling you guys to play him. You know, it, it's just ridiculous on people's expectations with this team. But, um, but yeah, I, I, either way, I'm gonna have a good. I'm gonna have a good night. You can prove me wrong, guys, and I hope that they lose very, very bad tonight. I really do, <laughs> and I hope that that Jimmy, the poacher boy, is the reason for it. But if we win, I'll, 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 uh, I'll uh, you know, just delete this video, Croc. Okay. So I, I, don't really have, I don't really have nothing interesting else to say because we beat this team to a shred. We already talked about the quarterback position. The rookies aren't being utilized. You know, we've gone through everything with Twitter spaces, with call-in shows, with Grant Cohen making videos left and right. You got you, you got everybody, you know, you and BD Peacock are, are doing a great job over there. So, I mean, there's not really much else for me to say here other than, you know, guys be realistic. And if you disagree with me, that's fine. But uh, don't get triggered and just be ready to lose tonight. You know, that's just what it is. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to see if uh, Brett Brooks, who's coming on next, if he agrees with you, all right? All right, Lake Rock. All right. <laughs> I get what he's saying, you know, and as fans, as faithful, we want to see the 49ers win. I want to see the 49ers win. What he's saying is, listen, I'm willing to sacrifice a win tonight to get, you know, for it to be like, all right, Kyle, stop with the BS, play some of these rookies, get them going, and let's turn this thing around with Trey Lance at quarterback and get things going in a, in a positive direction, get some momentum going with him. I get what he's saying, but it is hard to say that out loud to people. Brett, you're on, man. Do you do you agree? Yeah, yes and no. We need yeah. something to put a fire back in their belly. And I feel we're just lacking that so, so much from everybody. The Staples, be it Fred Warner, be it Jimmy, be it Kittle, nobody has that fire in their belly. And I don't know how they can get it back. Uh, so you look at the, the schedule, and my guy Chris put this up here, and he said this, the, re the remaining schedule is favorable for a good team, but the 49ers aren't that. Do you agree with that? Like when you look at it and you see teams like the Jaguars, the Vikings, the Texans, you know, some of those teams that the 49ers have coming up? Well, I believe we are a good team. They just, they've lost that fight. They've lost the fight, that fight inside themselves. And yeah. I don't know, I mean, for example, my son this past football season in high school, the team didn't have a good, good year. And my son... He plays middle linebacker, and on the defense, the, the team goes where he where he goes. And there was a point where when he would meet a running back in the hole, instead of him knocking the running back backwards, he was still making the tackle, but the 
running back was getting that extra two yards because now he's falling backwards because you could see that discouragement because of the way the season is going just taking a toll on him. Right. Yeah, I mean, and I think I've been on teams that are losing, and the I think one of the first things that happens is you stop preparing the same way, right? Like early in the season, you have all this, like, you have all this energy, you have all this excitement from week to week, and you're going out there, and the preparation is on 10. You take care of your body, all that's on 10, and you start losing those games, and you start seeing some guys not prepare the same way, not focus. Now, Kyle's going to have to figure out a way to keep guys motivated and keep guys looking at the bigger picture, which is if the 49ers win tonight, right, and this is, you know, the 49ers win tonight, and this would be a good win. This would be a great win for them. They'd be like a half game out of seventh seed. And his thing from there would be trying to, you know, convince guys like, hey, we can be a good team if we continue to play like what we did tonight against the Rams that led us to winning. And if we do that, like, we can beat anybody because the Rams are going to be looked at as a team that could potentially win the Super Bowl. 49ers, if you beat a team like that, and even if you start to, you know, beat some of these other teams that you – are supposed to be like my guy uh Chris said good teams beat those, those teams on the remaining schedule that's not the 49ers but the 49ers win tonight and they start to believe they're a good team and you can beat some of those teams that you're supposed to beat then you know in theory they should be a good team going into the playoffs and, and Kyle has to figure out a way to motivate his guys and get them to believe that they can do that. I think I think I think unfortunately I think that's one of the key aspects that nobody really accounted for that in us missing Richard Sherman this year. Richard Sherman was great, not only at holding everybody else accountable, but he himself even held himself accountable to a higher standard. And I think the team is just lacking that all around. But I don't want to take up too much of your time, Croc. I love what you do. Keep up the good work, and let's stay faithful. All right, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you calling in. Stay safe on the road, man. Thank you. I pulled over and parked before I before I got on to talk to oh, you. All right, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. You have a good one. All right, all right, here we go. Here we go. We got Eric. Eric Eric with a K. What's good, man? Yes, sir. I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. What what's on your mind? I know you want to come on. You're like, man, where's that link? I need to get on this show. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, uh, I see a lot of people talking about what's going on this year. Uh, I think I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you mentioned the schedule for the rest of the year. They do have a lot of winnable games. Obviously, this week is going to be tough against the Rams. But, you know, the Falcons, the Vikings, the Jaguars, these aren't, like, great teams. They're not invincible teams. So I don't really think that this year is over. But I just keep going back to the last couple years and some of the decisions they made in the draft. And it's just really driving me crazy because – I look at I look at two years ago, first of all, when they drafted Brandon Ayuk and Javon Kenlaw. They could have had CeeDee Lamb and Trayvon Diggs with those two picks. Then you look at last year. They took Aaron Banks in the second round when they had Asante Samuel Jr. still on the board. Now we've been talking for years about how they got they got a good defensive line, they have a good linebacking core, but they don't really have any playmakers in the secondary. We've been talking about this for years, and now what's happening this year, they're getting beat with pass interference calls. They're getting beat with blown coverages. 
the secondary is letting down the defense. And then right. that's that's one of the biggest problems in the whole team. And it's just bugging me because we saw this for, for years now. Like, we knew this was a problem. Everybody's been saying draft a cornerback, draft a cornerback. So they take Aaron Banks in the second round. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, are all the fans wrong? Like, did we just uh, – were we wrong that they needed cornerback? <laughs> or did the – did the team maybe, you know, overestimate their ability? Oh, yeah, we'll just draft a couple guys later on. We'll take Amory Thomas in the third. We'll take Lenore in the fifth. One of those guys is going to pan out. You know, we're going to sign We're gonna sign a bunch of guys in free agency. We'll sign uh, Drake or Patrick. We'll sign Josh Norman. One of those guys will pan out. I think that they were kind of – they didn't put enough of a priority on the cornerback position, and it's really hurting them now, especially – so this is my philosophy, and this is coming from someone that, you know, I play corner, I love corner, I love good cornerback play, all right? The way the NFL is kind of headed right now, it, it's making it harder and harder to just be a really good corner in the NFL. So, like, you brought up Diggs, right? And I think Diggs is having a tremendous year. The biggest thing that Diggs has going for himself is he has eight interceptions. I think that's more takeaways than the entire 49ers defense combined, Right? Uh, for this year, but Diggs, there are times when Diggs has gotten beat as well uh, throughout this year. You know, he gave up a 75-yard touchdown against Kendrick Bourne. Uh, you know, he got beat by Thielen a couple of times. He's had pass interferences uh, downfield. So I think right now with the way that the NFL is going, if you just have a guy that's going to take the ball away, that's what you need more so than anything. Who's the playmaker? It's not even so much on a play-to-play basis because if you really look at the 49ers cornerbacks on the outside, aside from like the pass interference that we've seen in a couple of games this year, the, the, they haven't really been like that big of an issue, the corners, right? The biggest issue to me is up front and not having that consistent pass rush. And that's what made the 49ers good in – the Super Bowl runs that we've seen in recent years, whether it was 2000, uh, 2011, 12, 13, whether it was 2019, it wasn't so much that the 49ers had great back end players or great corners. It was, hey, we have a great front, and they're going to put pressure on, on opposing quarterbacks, and that's going to lead to, you know, errant passes, throwing before you want to. You know, 49ers uh, held Jared Goff one time to 50 yards passing, like – you know, it was the pass rush that was really helping. So I agree in the sense of I, I understand where fans are going. Like they want they want that corner, but corner is so hard to play in the NFL right now. I would personally build my front and kind of work front to back. You look at some of the other areas of 49ers are kind of getting beat right now on defense. A lot, you know, the linebackers and coverage, you know, some of the safeties, right? You get Hufunga, then you get Hufunga caught up in space. So to me, it's it, the 49ers have to do a better job getting to the quarterback. I think if they can do that, everything else will start to play out. And until they do that, you're, you're going to have some of these other issues. Uh, but when the 49ers were Super Bowl runs, the corners, they they were never great. You know what I'm saying? Like Sherman were, had a good year, but, you know, they were, they were never getting, great. Like, really. They were getting those turnovers, about it right though. Now. Like, you said, huh. like you said with the uh, pass rush. Right, so that's yeah, what you that's, need. I think more than anything, the 49ers lack the takeaways. And, yeah, I said, yeah. you know, Diggs, eight interceptions right now. Like, that's obviously a historically great start to a season. But 
Like, that's what the 49ers are missing, more so than just someone who's a shutdown corner. I hope that makes sense. Because it's, it's just a it's a tough position to play in the NFL right now, how they spread everything out. You can have a Jalen Ramsey. The biggest thing, and I talked about it earlier with Ramsey, the best thing that Jalen Ramsey has going for him is on any given play, he can affect the game. But even when you have that shutdown guy, the teams are spreading everything else out, and you can go elsewhere, right? You can throw it to George Kittle elsewhere. You can throw it to uh, – you know, if you have all these other receivers, like, it's tough. But you need that front that's going to continuously bring pressure. I hope that makes sense. No, no, I understand. I agree. I, I think the lack of turnovers, and it hurts the offense, too, because you're not you're not giving your offense any short fields to work with. You know, it, it affects the whole team. You know, turnovers like that can change the entire momentum of the game. And I think that the one of the reasons they were so successful in 2019, they had a bend but don't break defense. And then they would create turnovers. So you had to go, you had to march down the field and you had to avoid a turnover. And that was difficult. Now, without really getting those turnovers, you're Ben, but don't break defense. You're just going to keep bending until they get to the end zone. I mean, it's the, the problem is, you know, it seemed to me like in 2019, they would try to set the other team up, force them to have to go a 10, 12, 15 play drive without making any mistakes. And if they made one mistake, they would force a fumble or they would get an interception, they'd turn the ball over. And I think this year they're not really getting those turnovers because they haven't really prioritized the cornerback position. I mean, you look at Javon Kinlaw, at the time, I, I would have played Eric Armstead at defensive tackle. So when you're drafting Javon Kinlaw, he's basically your second defensive tackle, and you're taking him in the first round. Now, you got to prioritize what you're drafting in the NFL. you got to look at it quarterback, edge rusher, cornerback, left tackle, wide receiver. These are your five most important positions. Why are you drafting your uh, a, a second defensive tackle in the first round when there are more important positions like cornerback where you don't really have a clear-cut you know, starter for the next five years? I mean, I understand they still had Richard Sherman at the time, but they didn't really have like any long-term solutions to the cornerback position. So I think you know, there's been a little bit of you know, their drafting hasn't really prioritized. I mean, you look at Aaron Banks, again, right tackle. Where does right? I mean, not not, not even right tackle, right, right guard. Where does right guard rank on the list of the most important positions on your team? Do you really need to be drafting right guard in the second round, or is that something that maybe you could look at a little bit later in the draft? Yeah, I think the teams that are doing it right with guard, unless it's a uh, you know Quentin Nelson, but the teams that are doing it right at, with the guard position, they're drafting them third, fourth, fifth round and getting guys that are able to come in and play. Guard is almost, especially right guard, is almost like a running back, right? Like, I don't know why the 49ers took a running back in the third round, unless he's just special, special, which Trey Sermon was never that. You know, he was good. Uh, I think that's where some of the 49ers' philosophy with drafting is a little, it's a little yeah. weird. It doesn't really I get seem what they're to trying to do with, with the like guard, but not, you, you don't, I don't think you have to take them there. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem to line up with the conventional thinking with the way that most teams are drafting now in the NFL. Like I said, it's usually, first two rounds usually quarterback, left tackle, edge rusher, wide receiver, and cornerback. And instead, like you said, they've been going uh, defensive tackle when they already had Eric Armstead head, ahead of them on the depth chart at that position. They've been going uh, right guard, running back. These aren't your most important positions. So I think that the, the drafting philosophy has been a little upside down, and that's the problem because you still have your stars like Nick Bosa, Fred Warner. Debo's been having a great year. But it's a 53-man roster. The, be the best team top to bottom is going to win. And I think the bottom half of that roster is really suffering because they haven't really been prioritizing the most important positions in the draft, in my opinion. Right. I agree. 
All right, Eric, I'm going to get the next caller on. I got my guy, Amen, coming on, man. I appreciate you calling in, E. All right, bro. Thanks for taking me. All right. Here we go. We got Amen. Amen the dream. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Why aren't you in school? You know, I jacked up my knee yesterday playing football, so I'm taking it easy today. <laughs> they put you on IR, huh? <laughs> yep. I was recording. Uh, so, so in my league, like we have in my league that we're playing, and like I play safety and I play quarterback, and I was playing safety yesterday, and I was like defending. I was this guy was running by me, and I was playing safety, and my other safety pretty much ran right into me, and I jacked up my knee. So we'll see oh, how bad man. it is. You gotta but. put some ice on that. You gotta do some rehabbing around the clock so you can yeah, get I, back, I uh, put two ice back on. I put one last night. I put one this morning. So hopefully I'll be back, and hopefully I'll be back soon. <laughs> all right. So what, what's on your mind, man? Well, I, all over Twitter, I hear like, oh, you know, Mac Jones, he's doing good. I understand that. But people say Mac Jones should have been the pick at number three after what we've seen right now. Do you agree with that? Because I've heard that all over Twitter. Niners should have taken Mac Jones at three. Niners should have taken Mac Jones at three because of the, sex, of the success that we're seeing right now of Mac Jones with Bill Belichick. But do you agree that they should have taken Mac Jones at three? No. Uh, you know, and you, you, I won't be able to use that hindsight until like three years down the line, two years down the line. Like if at some point it's like, oh man, like Trey Lance just can't play. Then you could be like, ah, maybe they should have taken Justin Fields or maybe they should have taken, uh, Mac Jones. But with what we're seeing right now, and I had some tweets that I, I, some things I tweeted out yesterday about Mac Jones. I, and a lot of other people kind of had the same sentiment. We're kind of expecting him to come to the league and play well. You know, he's coming from an offense that uh, used uh, similar concepts to the NFL. He was a very efficient passer in college. He did a lot of things extremely well. The way I look at it, this is how I look at it, man. It's like a it's like a vehicle, right? And I know you're you're what are you? Thirteen years old? Fourteen. Fourteen. All right. So you can't you're, you're not driving yet. But the way I look at it is vehicle, and a lot of people in the chat they can understand this. I have a Dodge Durango, a limited edition Dodge Durango, right? Where I have like the backup cam, the DVD in dash, you know, I got the Hemi engine, all that stuff, right? And that's awesome. Do you need it? No, right? So Mac Jones, to me, he's the standard version of my vehicle. You can, it works just fine. You can get from point A to point B. You can do a lot of the same things. Now, having some of these different aspects to my vehicle having a dvd player sometimes when we go on long drives my kids want to watch a movie i can put a movie on i think that's why people take some of these quarterbacks that have higher you know athletic ability bigger arm more athleticism uh you know all those things it's just the added value right to your mm -hmm. your vehicle that's what it is so that's not to say mac jones isn't good right and i think that's where people were messed up they were looking at like Oh, Mac Jones, he's not good. He's not good. Like, no, that's not the case. Like, dude, is really good. He does a lot of things very well. Yeah. Right. And you can win with him. And Alabama did. They had one of their best years ever with him. And but if I can get something with a with a little bit more added features, I'm mm -hmm. I'm gonna do that if I have the opportunity. Now, if I don't, right, if my credit is bad or I don't have the down payment, then I'm gonna get the standard vehicle and I'm gonna be just fine with the standard vehicle. The Patriots. They didn't have the credit. They didn't have the money down, right? They were picking at 15. They, so they still packed. They stayed there. Matt Jones fell to them. They did a good job. And they've done a terrific job 
of building yeah. an offense that works for him. He's made good throws. Uh, he does a lot of things very well. And right now, they started off rocky. He's He's been a part of really turning that thing around. Now, the defense plays extremely well. Their run game is going crazy. Their running backs are catching the ball. There's a lot of other things as well. But Mac Jones is playing good football. And I think, uh, yeah, he's in a great position to do so. Now, with, now, when you think of a team taking Mac Jones over somebody else, right? And I talked about this with, with – uh, I tweeted out being funny. I was like, oh, imagine taking uh, Trevor Lawrence over Mac Jones, right? And I was just being funny. But would Mac Jones be able to do the same thing he's doing with the New England Patriots, with that coaching staff, with that, with those guys around him, Hunter Henry at tight end? Would he be able to do that with a guy like, uh, I mean, with a team like the Jaguars, right? Could could mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence swap places? Matter of fact, I would look at it like this. Right now, if if the the Patriots had a chance. Would they would they swap quarterbacks with the Jaguars? And what would Mac Jones look like as the Jaguars quarterback where every time I look, Trevor Lawrence is running for his life? You know what I'm saying? So circumstances okay. matter. I think yeah. obviously the 49ers, I think that would have been a good place for Mac Jones. But no, I like what I've seen from Trey Lance. I'm curious to see him, you know, just build on that. So I, that's a long-winded way of saying, no, I'm good with Trey Lance at quarterback. And I don't think the 49ers should have drafted Mac Jones. Although I thought Mac Jones would have been good for the 49ers. And if he had went to the 49ers, I tweeted this out. I felt like, and this was at the time, pre-draft, if, if Matt Jones gets drafted to the 49ers, he'll be rookie of the year. So I did like him. Well, I felt like Matt Jones was the most pro-ready quarterback coming into the draft. But with the Niners where they were sitting, if if we were at if we didn't trade up and we had the 12th overall pick and we wanted to go get Mac Jones, I would completely be fine with that. But since we had the third overall pick, I would go get uh, – we drafted Trey Lance, and I'm fine with that pick. But, like, when people say, oh, we should have drafted Mac Jones at number three, it's like we haven't even seen Trey Lance play. He's only had one start against a great Arizona Cardinals defense. He's only had one start. So instead of saying that so early and saying, you know what, we should have gotten Mac Jones because he's been playing good, let's see how well Trey Lance plays. You're not giving him time. He's only played one football game in his career, one start in his, in his career in the NFL. So, like – I'm not going to make that assumption until I see him play for a couple of years. And then we'll see, like, if he's playing good, then great. But then if he's not playing good two or three years down the road, then, yeah, we could say, you know what, Mac Jones was the right pick. And I definitely agree with you on that. And, I mean, wow. if Trey Lance, Trey Lance, let's say he does play and he's playing well, then great. We're not going to have that Mac Jones comparison. But, like, I feel like Trey Lance, he hasn't had that opportunity to come in and play and start. And once he gets that opportunity – depending on how well he plays, then we can make that assumption of, you know what, Mac Jones is the right pick, or Mac Jones, we should have stuck with Trey Lance. But, I mean, Trey Lance has all the tools and everything to be a successful NFL quarterback. He has the work ethic. He's gifted athletically. So, I mean, I'm not going to make that. I'm not going to say, you know what, Mac Jones is the right pick just based off how well he's playing in New England because Trey Lance hasn't given hasn't gotten the opportunity to play. The fact that you're able to compartmentalize that as a 14-year-old and a lot of these adults – can't that's that's crazy you said it perfectly there and that's not to say that you know trey lance is going to be this great quarterback but you're like just give it time right ultimately that's what you're saying like we don't we don't know yet right is that what you're saying yeah like you have he hasn't even gone he only had one start so like if he played the same amount of games (laughs) as mac jones and he started off in the beginning of the season like mac jones then yeah you could you could make that comparison but still like even if trey lance was struggling this year and he did play Rookies take time to develop. Like, I don't get why. We've seen the Patrick Mahomes. We've seen the Justin Herberts. 
those the, you don't see those guys every single day. Like you don't see rookies like that. We've seen Tua struggle. We've seen other rookie quarterbacks come in struggle coming into the league. So rookie quarterbacks take the time to develop. Now Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, those guys are just special. But Patrick Mahomes, even Patrick Mahomes, he sat on the benches first year and learned behind Alex Smith. So Man, I'm proud of you, man. I'm going to get you off of here because we're about to get out of here soon, but I appreciate you calling in. And thank you for being mature amongst a lot of immature adults. <laughs> Crazy. All right, man. Hey, and uh, do your schoolwork or something, man. Like, you know, <laughs> and obviously, you know, rehab that knee. Your team needs you. You got to get off IR. Appreciate you for calling in, I mean. All right, man. Peace. How is a 14-year-old able to have that takeaway but the adults act like little kids about it. I, I mean, and that and that was the correct take. That was the correct take. Like, dude, we've seen Trey Lance start one game. How can you, after one game, say, and one game that he did not play bad. Obviously, the, you want more points. But how do you take away from that one game that, oh, 49ers should have taken Mac Jones? Come on, man. I mean, great job uh, articulating that. Uh, Cohen says Kyle lost the locker room. Because of doghouse. Uh, I wouldn't say that Kyle Shanahan lost the locker room because of the doghouse. One, I don't know if Kyle Shanahan has lost the locker room. But if he did, it wouldn't be because of the doghouse. It would be because you're not winning. That that would be the... If, if the 49ers are winning, nobody cares about a doghouse. It's like, dude, just get your stuff together. But when you're losing and those things happen, then it all kind of starts... Being a little weird. It starts being a little weird. So I should have asked Amin for his like, to subscribe to his channel. Amin has a, a YouTube channel. Yeah, that was good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff by Amin. That's what's up. And it sounds it looks like people enjoyed you your uh your segment on here. I think Kyle Shanahan lost the locker room. Can't call <laughs> lost Kyle. Uh, many fans on Twitter feel, fall victim to being prisoners of the moment. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Here we go. Say what you want about Ayuk. He's playing better since being called in. Is Ayuk playing better, or has he just been given more targets? But remember, he was out there. He just wasn't getting targets. So is he is he playing better, or is he just getting targets to be able to be more productive? Like, we saw him, what was it, week three, week four against the Packers? He made some plays. He caught four passes. He scored a touchdown on Jair Alexander. Worked Jair Alexander in the end zone. Wasn't he in the quote-unquote doghouse? Or were they, they were still talking bad about him after that. So I don't think it's oh, all of a sudden he's playing better um, after being in the doghouse. I think it's just he's always been able to play good. It's just maybe the 49ers coaching staff and GM like are being a little too, I don't want to say they're being too critical. I don't know what's going on on a day-to-day -day basis, but clearly he's been had that potential and ability to do those things. Matter of fact, he would have been in the doghouse last year if they weren't, if they would have had healthier receivers, Ayuk would have been in the doghouse last year. They didn't like some of those things. Kyle said it. If he had guys to play over him last year, he would have played those guys over him. And that was when he had like one of the better rookie years uh, since like Jerry Rice or whatever it was, he had a terrific rookie year, right? Everybody would say that terrific rookie year, expecting him to be, uh, you know, wide receiver one this year. And 
he would have been in the doghouse if they would have had healthier receivers. So is it really the doghouse why he's playing better? Why is the only uh why is the line only minus four and a half for the Rams tonight? Because the 49ers are at home. So if it was in LA, you could add three points to that, and that would be seven and a half, which is a pretty large spread. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. So, yeah, man, uh, I appreciate everybody that's been in here. Uh, all 240 of y'all, go like right now. Hit that like button. If you like the show, subscribe, all that good stuff. Underdog Fantasy, I'm getting into it tonight. Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. We're going to do some over-unders. Is Debo Samuel going to hit the over or the under in his yards that he's uh, predicted to get? Uh, I can't wait to watch it. I think at halftime, I'll join guys uh, on on. My Twitter spaces, I tip, I typically go live on that. I typically don't go live after the show. My guys from 49, 365 go, go live on this channel. All right, but uh, Locked On 49ers, go listen to that right now. Locked On NFL Draft, listen to that as well. New episodes out. And I uh, appreciate everybody that's in here. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Hope y'all have a blessed day. Go Niners. Peace. Talk TV podcast. Talk TV podcast. Talk TV podcast. Talk TV podcast. Talk TV podcast.